Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's that time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And it's finally that time of the year. Boxhead, round one is upon us. Rugby league is only two sleeps away. Yeah, it's not um, not far away, so uh, looking forward to round one. Looking forward to the footy being back. Everyone, welcome back again. If you didn't listen already to our season's, uh, season's preview show last week, make sure you get onto that one. Look on the uh, Facebook page, on Twitter, and also audioboom.com. Had a few people also message me during the week asking about Spotify and a few different platforms. I'm going to have to look into that. I'm pretty sure... Uh, we can link to those sorts of platforms all from Audio Boom. So that's something we'll definitely look into. But for this week, round one, uh, we're just going to have a chat, basically, Boxhead. Got some fan questions out there. Have a chat about the game, some of the lineups. Uh, there's a couple of intriguing players or some things that we may agree or disagree with. And uh, obviously, we're going to have our tips. Mr. Gossip, he's back as well. He's going to give us his tips, and we'll go through all the gossip. And this year, we're going to keep a bit of a sports book in the theme with the Pro Sports Syndicate. We're going to have some best bets of our own and see how we're doing by the end of the year. What do you reckon? Yep, sounds good. Not too bad. But uh, as far as news is concerned from today, unfortunately, uh, a bit of bad news again that we don't want to ramble on about too much. But before round one, Penny Terrapo, he obviously had a bit of an incident over in New Zealand uh, with alcohol and getting kicked off a flight. So he's been ruled out of round one for the Parramatta Eels. And then Isaiah Papali uh, come out today that he was breath-tested, and he's also out in round one for the New Zealand Warriors. So, again, not exactly what we need on the eve of rugby league. Oh, it's dumb. Dumb behaviour. So, yeah, we don't we don't talk about the off-field stuff. We try not to, but for those two, boneheads, poor timing. Like, heading into round one, you're really uh, showing your coaches where your priorities are at. So, um, drink driving, and then I think the Parramatta one was on a flight. Um Taken, I think it was some sort of um, liquor on in a coffee cup and um, falling asleep. So they're not the world's greatest atrocities, but they're nah, stupid. Just stupidity. Not exactly what we need heading into round I, one. I, I think Parramatta will probably punt Terrapo on the back of that. I think you know there was it was mooted that they were trying to get rid of him anyway. We were looking to get you know move a couple of players on so they can free up some cap space to to attack the open market. So I'd be surprised if he's if he's retained by the Eels. Yeah, well, I think it was said that he had an incident only last year or not long before that. How many chances do you get? Similar sort of situation. So whether it's a misdemeanor or not, he wouldn't be on a whole lot on their salary cap. So if they're looking for an excuse or a way out, they've probably got it now, unfortunately. But looking ahead to round one, Brock, some of those clashes that we spoke about, and we've got some fan questions. But Storm versus Broncos, looking at this game, it's an absolute uh, bell ringer to kick things off with. As far as the lineups are concerned, Looking at Melbourne, probably not a whole lot of surprise as far as the 1-13 to 13 is concerned. Brody Croft uh, maintains that number 7 jersey. That's one that they have some question marks over. And the other one is the fullback jersey, which Scott Drinkwater 
was mooted to be holding, uh, you know, the driver's seat for that one. But he's well, obviously he was, he was injured. Going to be the one. So now Jerome Hughes, who showed some decent flashes last year, gets that job. Do you have any concern uh, over the spine no. for the Melbourne Storm? No, not at all. Why? Why would we? I, like Hughes has gone in there previously and done a job. Um, Brody Croft concerns me a little bit, but he's got Munster there. He's got Smith there. They've got a good forward pack, good outside backs, good coach. There's no concerns for me. Bit of a different look on the bench for the Melbourne Storm this year. Tui Kamika Maker and Patrick Kafusi on there as the tights to join Christian Welch. Joe Stimson apparently has a bit of a back issue, so he's out. And Sam Cassiano obviously was moved well, on. Kamika Maker is week. apparently bigger than um, he's a big, big Nelson. So it looks to me as though you know they've they've been grooming these couple of young juniors that we've heard a lot about and you know you're going to see one of them this weekend Ryan Pappenhusen was uh, even rumoured and in conversation with potentially getting the one spot he's a kid that was at the West Tigers so they've, they've got a few good young juniors there Billy Walters Scott Drinkwater as you spoke about but he's injured so he'll be out for I think three months so we'll probably see him mid-season but they've got plenty of depth in Melbourne and they always recruit very astutely so I, I don't envisage that they're going to have problems in terms of their depth in terms of the Broncos, their opponent for Thursday night, not a whole lot of surprise there in the back line except Jack Bird coming back now that Kahu's gone. He's obviously looking for a big year and a rebound, hopefully after a disappointing season. The halves, Milford, Nicarima, Milford back from a shoulder reconstruction. Um, he had a few scary moments when looking in the preseason video-wise and they were a bit worried about him, but hopefully he holds up in the forward pack. Bit of a different look there. Matt Lodge, Joe Offerhengawi, the start in front row. Alex Glenn and Jaden Sewer the back row, and after a couple of years of us speaking about how much we'd like to see Matt Gillette play lock, he's finally moved into that tight role. The only concern, I guess, is hopefully he's 100% off that bad neck injury. Yeah. Yeah, no, they look loaded, Brisbane. I've got some concerns over there, spine. I think that's going to be the difference between them probably being a top eight side and, and flopping out or challenging for the competition. So I think Milford and Nicarima, Boyd uh, at one and... McCulloch at, at nine. But I think McCulloch's in for a big year because that forward pack looks loaded. The bench looks loaded. So I expect Andrew McCulloch to have a, a really, really strong year. Yep. And on the bench, it's a very stacked bench. That's one thing you can say about Brisbane, this young talent. Katoni Staggs, that's an outstanding player to be able to have there who can play centre, back row, any kind of spot there. David Favita, we know what a powerhouse is. Tavita Pengai Jr. and Thomas Flegler debuting. Young bloke who's come through all the junior rep kind of stuff, Queensland under-20s, etc. We heard a lot last year about Pat Carrigan, but Flegler, who is a year younger, and I'm pretty sure still eligible to play 20s this year. If not, this is his first year out. Jags a spot on the bench, so it's uh, pretty big by him round one. They've got Fensum, Pat Carrigan, that man, O'Sullivan, and Shibasaki as the backups, but I would not envisage any changes there unless it was Pangai Jr., who's rumoured to have still some hamstring issues. He's had those in the past, so maybe Sean Fensum would grab that spot, but... Uh, no real surprises, I guess, in those two lineups. When you move on to Newcastle versus the Sharks on Friday night, Callum Ponga has been named at six again in the back line. Bit of a different look this year for Newcastle. Connor Watson, Edric Lee, Heimel Hunt, Jesse Raymond, and Kenny Dow. The forward pack, Herman Essiesi, who was one of their better forwards last year, he's in the reserves. He hasn't made the bench. So a bit of a change up there. And uh, I'm a little bit surprised about that one, in all honesty. I know they've got plenty of depth there and it's a bit more stacked. The one I thought might have been the odd man out was Sione Mataudio. He's been named to start in the back row, but with the swag of players that came in, I thought he might have been squeezed out altogether if not pushed to the bench, but clearly they've got a high opinion of him and he's getting the first opportunity in the back row with Lachlan Fitzgibbon and on the shark side of things, uh, you know, a bit of a different look in the back line there as well. The halves, Sean Johnson, Chad Tanzi, and they reunite. 
Used to be that combo at the Warriors. And then the Ford Packer debutante in Britain, Nakora, former junior Kiwi, in the back row, joining Kurt Capewell, why Wade Graham is out. So a bit of a different look for them, the Ford Pack as well. Yeah, a little bit. A few changes. It'll be interesting to see uh, those both those sides go around. They've had changes in key positions and a few guys in and out. So that's the pub game on Friday night. Yeah, Blake Braley, another debutant on the bench, the brother of Jaden. So I don't know if there'd be many times in history where brothers have been in the same side, let alone sharing the same position. Rotating there at hooker, Bikuya, Woods and Jack Williams. So I've got big wraps on coming from Canberra last year. He did some good things before he tore his pack, but that's a strong bench uh, on that side of things. And you can look at their reserves here. SESI, as we said, missed out for Newcastle. Brody Jones, another young guy pushing up. Josh King, Jamie Bura. For the Sharks, Scott Sorensen, Bronson Sherry, that very talented man that we've heard so much about, and Kyle Flanagan. Well, let's who, make it clear. They can still those they can still use all yeah, those players. They have so to drop I, two I think more. you're going to see... You're going to see some late changes. Coaches are going to be foxing this time of the year, so I think you'll see changes in every game. Yeah, they've got uh, they've got to drop two, I think, isn't it? Two a day, two a day as they and head. Then you've got to finalise your squad. Day of, you've got 19, and you can run two in the warm up. No, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you've got to. Well, I think you. I think you've got to go down to 18, don't you? The night before, 24 hours before. But I don't know. It doesn't matter. But they've got to, they've got to cut it down anyway as they go. So, um, yeah. Yeah, the Friday night game is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It is the rivalry, the Roosters, the Rabbitohs, two absolutely stacked sides. And for the Roosters, so much so that there is no room for Angus Crichton to start this week. He's on the bench. But again, like you said, that may be a bit of a change. But Orbison has that uh, back row spot tied up. Victor Adley starting 13. And again, even with some changes in the forward pack and Napa and a couple of blokes moving on, he's at a very strong bench. Isaac Liu, Zane Tedavano, Angus Crichton and Lindsay Collins, who I think is more than an adequate replacement for that man we just spoke of in Dylan Harper. Luke Keary, Cronk, Friend, Tedesco, they're all going to be a year better for their combination. The best centre pairing, the best young centres, again, for Australia and New Zealand, and Latrell Mitchell, Joseph Manu, and then Brett Morris replaces Blake Ferguson. It's, it's pretty easy to see why they are the Premiership favourites again. Yeah, absolutely. They're loaded, absolutely loaded. And, uh, you know, you look across and you, you can't see a lot of weakness there. So uh, Angus Crichton from the bench, that's interesting. Uh, I that may be a late change again. Um, but, yeah, both sides look look super impressive. Inglis and Mitchell, that's that's one that will be, um, you know, good to watch on, on Friday night. But probably more of concern is the, the bloody ground at the SCG. Got pulled apart by the Waratahs and the Snorfest on Saturday night. Um, I don't know how that ground's going to hold up. It's got a lot of, lot of footy that's going to be played there, particularly in the next sort of three months uh, with the AFL... Super Rugby plus the NRL there, and the ground looks in a bit of a shambles at the moment. So I'll be interested to see, you know, if anything comes out of the captains' runs on Friday. Uh, sorry, on Thursday prior to Friday, because if either side isn't happy with the surface, I mean, what what happens there if they're not happy with it being safe? Well, there was already talk that they might be changing the venue, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you do that the day before because all the catering would have been done. You, like it's a logistically, it's a nightmare. So. Uh, I think within the next 24 hours, I need to confirm the venue, but it is of, of some concern. I know a lot of people are probably thinking, well, the scrums aren't contested in rugby league anyway, but you still want to know that you, your footing's pretty firm underneath you, and it just looks sandy as all hell. It yes. looked like the old Suncorp when they they got the grass wrong there for a couple of years, and it was sandy, and a few players got serious injuries at Suncorp. Yeah, Justin Hodges like in particular, when they it was very early as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's of, a, of concern, that's for sure. On the South Sydney side of things, Alex Johnston holds onto that fullback jersey for now. Inglis, who was rumoured not to be ready for round one, is in and he will be marking Latrell Mitchell and Braden Burns. 
wins the centre spot there, pushing Gagai to the wing. Campbell Graham, no surprise. But the one that a lot of people would have thought coming out of the off-season and also being picked in the Australian Prime Minister 17 last year was Corey Allen, who scored a hat-trick in the Charity Shield to jump on the wing. But for now, he's been held at bay. So not yeah. that side. The first front row pairing, Tom Burgess with Tavita Totola. So Wayne Bennett showing a bit more faith in Totola, who Seabold gave plenty of games to last year, but then sort of went off him in finals time and wasn't really using him. Uh, Sutton, Burgess, Cameron Murray in the back row. A massive year, I think, for Cameron Murray. I think he's a guy who's really going to come out of the ground and push his name for rep selection. And on the bench, he's gone with Liam Knight, Mark Nichols, Ethan Lowe, and funnily enough, we spoke about that man, Corey Allen. So I find that a bit weird to be carrying a fullback, uh, you know, kind of wing-type player in the lineup, unless there's still question marks over Greg Inglis. And if something does go wrong there, I guess you can reshuffle your back line with Gagai going in yeah. and Allen going to the wing. So maybe unless they've really got some doubts, he might drop out and Kyle Turner, Reese Kennedy or somebody else might come onto the bench. But um, yeah, that was probably the only strange thing there for me. And Adam Reynolds hasn't Again, played he, any he games. He could be foxing. You, you don't know what what it is at the moment. So we'll just see what happens. Yeah, Adam Reynolds, who hadn't played any games during the offseason, he is back. Uh, basically, I think they were just resting him and rightfully so. He's usually been held together by plenty of Victor Tate the last mm. few years. So Paper mache. Rest, uh, rest him up and get him back but on the field. But whatever he's fit, oh. he's... Uh, He's real key for them. So In play kicking, he's got close to, if not the best kicking game in the NRL. And he's one of the sharpshooters as far as goal kicking is concerned. Saturday, the Warriors and the Bulldogs. Having a look at these two lineups we've just mentioned before. Isaiah Papali obviously stood down for this one. And I'm pretty sure Ignatius Parsi is out injured. As far as the Haas battle, two rookies were looking to debut in Chanel Tavita Harris and Adam Kieran. But Adam Kieran has won the race there. He's in the sixth jersey to partner. Well, Parsi's been named. Okay, well, there you go. I heard he was in a doubt, but he, uh, sorry, in doubt, but he's been named in this lineup. Again, he still could come out. You don't know. Nathaniel Roach gets the start at nine. I was at Luke after that shoulder reconstruction. Obviously not ready to go for round one, so on the bench there. Jazz Tavunga, the possibility to share time with Roach, who's come off a massive injury himself. Uh, the last couple of years, he's been pretty banged up. So Sam Lasone, Armau, and Blake Ashford, another bit of a strange one there on the bench as far as a backup. So... See what happens with that one. But the back row, Tohu Harris, Adam Blair moves back out to an edge of this year. And Lachlan Burr, who got uh, the Bulldogs, New South Wales Cup Player of the Year last year. He's been to the Titans. He's been overseas, starting lock for the Warriors. So clearly, he's had a, had a big offseason. And, and despite what happened with Papali, he was looking to be a part of this side. But that's a big upgrade after 12 months in the wilderness in England mm. and playing New South I'm Wales I'm going to push Cup. a wait and see button on both those sides. Uh, but I think the line is plus six to the dogs. So... There's value there in the Bulldogs. I'm not sure the Warriors were that impressive and they looked that good on, on paper. So the question for me is Adam Kieran and Blake Green, whether they can generate enough and Isaac Luke being out, losing Mannering. So there's a few holes there. And, you know, the Dogs finished the season so strong last year, uh, but on paper they don't look overly strong. So they're both interesting sides and I'll, I'll be interested to see how that game plays out on um, on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, well, the talk was the rookie, Nick Meany from Newcastle, would play one. But for now, Will Hopawade has been named in that jersey. Crichton from Penrith and Remus Smith, who finished with a massive uh, end to the year last year on the wings. Carrot Holland and Montoya, Marcelo Montoya, now pushed into the centres. Kieran Foran is back. Uh, we've heard it before. He's supposedly had his best offseason. He's healthy. We'll definitely have to we'll wait and see now. on that one because yeah. we've seen that a 100 times with Lachlan Lewis. Aiden Tolman and Napa in the front row of Leisha, who, again, was rumoured to not be... Featured in this side of all during the offseason. We heard he was done, dusted, not even going to be on the bench, but he's starting. Uh, back row, Josh Jackson, Raymond Faitala-Marin, a good to have him back. He was great last year before he got injured. And Adam Elliott, 
in the bench, Marshall King, Fualalo, Harawira Niner, and Suwaso Su. But possibility of a late change there if they want to reshuffle the back line for Nick Meanian. Uh, not sure what's going to happen there, but you're right. There's a few difficult games to pick in round one, and that's definitely another one right there. A debutante in Kieran. We'll see how he goes. Tigers Manly. Leichhardt Oval. That would be a lovely place to be on a Saturday for round one. But for the Tigers, a couple of uh, changes. Paul Momorowski has come into one of the center spots because there's been a bit of a reshuffle because Moses Mbai is out of the side, as is David Nofaluma. So that hurts them just before competition kicks off. Corey Thompson moves into fullback. Momorowski into the center. Mahe to the wing. Masters and Robert Jennings form the other center and wing pairing. Benji Marshall gets the first start at number six over Josh Reynolds, who's been named in the reserves. And there's a debutante for them as well on the bench in Thomas McKayley, who was a former Australian schoolboy and junior rep player. He was on a development deal last year and clearly he's had a big offseason because he's getting a walk-up start here in front of Matt Eisenhuth, Chris McQueen and a few other guys. Yeah, no, they'll be um, interesting, the Tigers. I, I tipped Manly to run last last year. I've, I've got doubts over the Tigers in terms of their depth. Um, mainly, you know, I don't think the Tigers have a, a bad side. I'm just worried about their depth. I'm worried about injuries. I'm worried about the age of some of their key position players in Farrah and Marshall. We started off the year now already with Moses and Boy out, so that's of a concern. Uh, Manly look young in, in and inexperienced in some areas, but, you, you know, you look at Daly Cherry Evans, Kane LG on best form, uh, could definitely uh, do a job for Manly. And, you know, their forward pack looks pretty solid, the Seagulls. So, again, I'm not too convinced on their depth either. So I think just as the season wears on, you're going to see those sides probably, um, you know, struggle when they get some injuries and, you know, they have to play some of their reserves and their New South Wales Cup players. Yeah, well, he's obviously gone for a bit of a switch up here. He's got Russell Packer, Maguire off the bench and Alex Twile starting with Madalino. So maybe looking for those two to take a bit of the sting out before getting Packer onto the field because they are probably a bit light on in middles. For Manly, you've hit the nail on the head. Fanua Blake, Tapiao, Coruscant, Joel Thompson, Curtis Sirin are back from another injury, and Jake Trevojevic is a very strong forward pack with the back line. It's very light on. Brendan Elliott, who's been a bit of a journeyman, he's played fullback. Moses Suley and Brad Parker are the centre pairing, and Ruben Garrick, who came over from the Dragons, makes his debut on the wing. So if there's an area that you'd want to be getting at this weekend, if you're the Tigers, it's definitely the edges, that's mm. for sure. Uh, their bench, Hodkinson, is there as like a utility. Jack Kozlowski plays back around tight. Kalepi Tanganoa. And Tawa Fowler Sipley with Taniela Paseka, man, they invested a new contract into the offseason. Obviously, he must be out injured because I, I couldn't see any other reason why he wouldn't have him on the bench at this point in time. But that is uh, another interesting game, another couple of debutantes. Cowboys Dragons, I think this is a real difficult one to pick round one. It's been a bit of a roller coaster offseason for the Dragons. The Cowboys obviously disappointed last year, had their own little issue with Ben Barber, but it's a very, very different look. Backline this year for them. Jordan Carr, who gets first crack at number one. Jarvid Bowen is on one wing because Kyle Felt is out injured. Nene McDonald, the centre pairing of O'Neill and Tom Opachak. Tamari Martin gets first crack on the halves with Michael Morgan and the forward pack very strong. Matt Scott, Jake Granville, Jordan McLean, Cooper, Hess, Tamalolo, but Maguire coming off the bench. Uh, something that there may be a late change, you'd assume. Yeah, interesting again. Uh, the Dragons have rolled with Widop. Um, at one and uh, Corey Norman and Ben Hunt with uh, McInnes at nine. The Cowboys, yeah, they their back line looks totally different. The the real 
I guess, X factor for me is if Michael Morgan can return to that form that saw him basically drag the Cowboys along with Jason Taumalo to the grand final the year before last, where they were clearly not good enough to beat Melbourne, but they were good enough to roll some really, really good sides along their way. Uh, and that was, you know, formed the basis for a lot of people tipping the Cowboys to win the competition, including us two last year. Uh, Thurston's now gone. Um, you know, I question the age of Matt Scott. I know he did that a couple of years ago, but for me now, it's more rele- relevant than ever. Hence why they bought in Jordan McLean last year. He didn't get a lot of time. They had a lot of injuries. They had a lot of distractions. They looked tired last year. They looked fatigued. So for me, they're at home. Um, the Dragons have got a lot of questions uh, in terms of, you know, they've had to reshuffle their spine. Uh, the way they finished their season last year, the Dragons, was very, very disappointing. There's pressure on Paul McGregor. Um, so this one, as you said, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I'll give the edge to the Cowboys because it's at home. The heat, the fact the Dragons have got to travel... Uh, and I just think the Cowboys are a little bit more settled than what the Dragons are at the moment. But yeah. a cracker game, like Saturday night, should be awesome. Speaking of the Dragons, we had our questions. This spine, if it gels together, it could be absolutely outstanding. But if not, it could be spoiled. Is Gareth Woodop the man for number one? He probably brings better ball-playing ability than what they had in Dufty, but I don't think he's going to carry the ball back with the same vigour. He's still off that shoulder reconstruction and motivation because he knows he's going to England. Is that motivation there? The back line surprised a few people. Aitken and Lafayne in the centres is no surprise, but Michaeli Ravalawa is on the wing in front of Zach Lomax. He's had a big off-season. And Jordan Pereira, who finished uh, last year with a bit of a bang after getting a mid-season debut, he just extended by two years. So uh, they've got first crack on the wings. So they have plenty of pressure from Lomax. James Graham, Paul Vaughan, Kevin McInnes, the front row. Jacob Host slots into the back row with DeBellin out, and Frizzell moves to play 13 and Sims in the back row. And on the bench... Corbin Sims, who would be bringing that impact, he's obviously still suspended from last year, so he's got a game or two he's got to miss. So that's the big area of concern for me looking here. Jeremy Lattimore, Blake Laurie, Luciano Leilua. Lattimore comes on and does a solid job for 20 minutes or so, but it was the same problem last year. You need more from Laurie, you need more from Leilua. You need to be able to trust your bench. And Host, there's been questions over him for a couple of years now. Can he get the job done? He's starting in the back row. There's a lot of pressure there. And potentially, he might be marking up on Cohen Hess, and I'm sure they're going to deploy Tamalolo now that they've got a couple extra middles and Maguire there, they're going to be able to use him on the edge and as a middle. Mm. So I'm pretty sure that's a spot they'll be looking to go to. Um, yeah, that, that, that's a tough one to tip first up, but looking forward to watching that one. And there's going to be plenty of pressure applied by Zach Lomax, I guess, the first few weeks if those two wingers don't do their job. But um, edge defense, new combinations, we saw that exposed in the charity shield with new halves pairing, new center pairing. And obviously the new wing is out there. So that's an area that the, the Cowboys would look to go to, but they themselves obviously got new edges. So early rounds, interesting to see how that plays out. Penrith Parramatta, Sunday after football out here in the Golden West. I think we might be likely to head down to likely that one. Likely we're going, my friend. The Panthers, very strong one to seven. Edwards, Mansour, Farre, Blake, Zalesniak, Maloney, and Cleary. The forward pack, Tarmau, Katoa gets the nod at nine, despite a lot of talk that Egan was going to be in front of him. Regan Campbell-Gillard, Jack Hetherington is named in the back row to replace Viliami Kikia, Isaiah Yo, and James Fisher-Harris. 1-13, to 13, they look outstanding. My big question again is depth from the bench. Wade Egan, Terrell Fuimaano, Moses Laota, and Hame Sele. It is a very mobile bench, that's for sure. But uh, I guess against the Parramatta side that's not that big, I wouldn't be as concerned. But weeks moving forward, if you play a pack like the Cowboys or if you play a bigger pack like the Sharks... I, I, like there's enough dynamic leg speed and bump and aggression and offload and footwork from those guys on the bench, but it's a very different look bench than what we're used to from the Panthers mm. than the years prior, that is for sure. And obviously, 
we need to see how they rebound after a lot of off-season scrutiny, the big move with the coaching situation, a lot of the lies and innuendo from last year, and now they've had the video kind of issues over the last few weeks. This is a real test round one to see how resilient this group is. I think the Jack Vellon uh, issue and the fact that the NRL's mismanaged it's sort of taken over from the Panthers saga. So they've it's gone quiet for the Panthers this week, so it's given them a quiet week in order to prepare for round one, which I think is good. Uh, look, their side looks solid. Uh, the Panthers, they're... One thing they have lost is some depth. You know, you got Corey Waddell and Harawira Naira who could have easily slotted in to where I think their hole is at the moment. It's Jack Hetherington playing in the back row. I'm not sure I love um, him there, but, you know, the rest of the side looks good. I'm not saying Jack Hetherington's um, a bad player. I just, I'd rather him in the middle at 13 or in the front row rather than on that edge. So, uh, but for me, that just highlights the fact that they have lost plenty of depth. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was surprised probably not to see Sean Bloor. Um, or what's the other fella's name? Spencer Lanu. Spencer Lanu. Still not in either upgraded into the top 30 yet. So Yeah, I'm not sure where they stand with that, but they've they've signed Frank Winnerstein today, uh, the Panthers. So That's their um, 30 spots done for now. Yeah, so he's obviously not going to play there. He hasn't been named this week, I don't think. He's not in that 21. No, no so, he's not. Yeah, that, that, that's the only real hole for me. But, you know, you look at Parramatta. Um, well, Gutherson at one isn't a real surprise, but like I said the other week, if Bevan French isn't playing one, I'm not picking him on the wing and they haven't gone that way. They've gone for that new look that we're talking about, bring back the size, bring back the yardage. Yeah. Blake Ferguson, who is the best yardage winger, one of the better, you know, just all-round meter eaters the last couple of seasons and especially last year, and Mike Acevo, who's gone all the way from being in Fiji to playing at the Gundagai Tigers to being one of the top try scorers the last few years for the Panthers in New South Wales Cup, and he's also another big body. So they've gone the completely different approach this year to what they did, trying to get their set starts better to obviously help out their pack. Jennings and Takarangi, are, again, I'm not a big fan of when Takarangi's playing out in the centres. So that's, that's a glaring hole for me. Dylan Brown, I'm a huge fan of. We talked about him a couple of years ago, but I think this is a massive ask if the forward pack can't get going. And Mitchell Moses, is he going to have the composure this year to steer this side around and not lose his head at seven? But forward pack, uh, interesting one there. Daniel Alvaro, no surprise, he's a hard worker. But Tepai Marat starting in the front row. So clearly they're looking at their front row and addressing kind of what we've talked about previously with Tim Manor and a couple of these guys not having enough leg speed. They've gone with Moroa to play there. Sean Lane and Murata near Cora, two big bodies in the back row with Brown at lock and the bench. Will Smith is obviously going to be the backup nine to Reed Mahoney, Tim Manor, Kane Evans, and Dave Gow. But Junior Paulo not named, and he's in the reserve. So that's another one we're looking at thinking, is that an injury? Is that a late change? Is something going on there? That's... Mm. something you need to look at, but apparently he's in doubt with a hamstring injury. So we're going to have to wait until the last minute to see if he's involved this week. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Parramatta, well, would they lead 14-0 or something at halftime last year out here in the Golden West in round one? And they blew that. I think they had a sin binning at, at one point there. and uh, They never really recovered, did they? they yeah. Um, and the other week. Lost their, lost their confidence. They blew Penrith out in the trial. But, trial, yeah, 20 zip. Um, I'm not sure how much I take out of that. I take probably zero out of that. I think there were 15 penalties in the first half when they both had their strongest sides out there and James Maloney was sin-binned. I heard James Maloney talking about it this morning on radio. And he said, he the, the interesting comment that he made this morning was that he said that he thought Parramatta out enthused them while they, they came out and really wanted to yeah. prove a point in the trial where he said Penrith have um, have come out pretty flat uh, you know, and thought we'll just take it light and easy because it's, it's a trial. So it'll be interesting. It, I, I'd give Penrith the edge, but you know, this time last year we were given Parramatta the edge, so it's one of those games. Um, and the weather will be interesting because it's it's been quite hot yeah, here the last couple of days, warm. so 
that'll play a play a role as well as it did last year. So I, I can't wait for that game. That's going to be awesome. Um, we'll be on the hill and it'll be good fun. Last one of the round one clashes is the Titans, the new look Titans versus a very new look Raiders side as well up there. At Seabus Super Stadium, Mick Gordon returns for another year at fullback. Branko Lee pushes Anthony Don out of the starting side on one wing. Philip Sammy, very talented on the other one. And a new centre pairing, something you've been calling for for a long time. Tyron Peachy and Brian Kelly, I'm sure yeah. you're much happier with yeah, that. Yeah, I am. I, I really like the look of the back line. Um, yep. I like the fact that Gordon's just he's that stabilising figure. He's old, he's a leader, he's calm. I, he makes minimal errors, which I really, really like. Lee... Uh, and Philip Sammy have got that size, so they're going to help in yardage. Peachy and Kelly have got, both got a bit of an X factor. Tyron Roberts, I, I probably would have rathered see Brimson get that position, but I think his combination with Ash Taylor that was so successful before he uh, he left to go to Warrington is probably why he's he's got that position. I haven't seen any of the trials, but Brimson can obviously cover multiple positions as well and play that utility role, but... Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like I like Taylor. I, I, it, for me, this is the year for him. He he really needs to step up now. It's you know young Ash Taylor and Ash Taylor's you know gonna be and well, he's twenty four now. So it's time. It's time. You need to justify the money you've been paid. And if you're on that sort of bickies and you got this side around you, you need to be playing finals footy. Well, the other thing for Brimson, I was going to bring up. I agree with you. I thought he would have been the one or the six. He's fresh off a of shoulder reconstruction. Hasn't done a lot this preseason. So clearly they want him in the side. Maybe they're giving Taylor that first crack to play with Roberts because that's something he's been big on. Roberts did look good in the Indigenous All-Stars game. He got man of the match, so maybe this could work out very, very well for him. Mick Gordon was very, very good last year. He's very, very solid. He's great depth to have there. Maybe at some point he gets usurped this year by Alexander Brimson if things are going well or if he lost a step or two, which I highly doubt. Plus, you have a fantastic goal kicker in Michael Gordon, but it's a better spot depth-wise. It is time, like you said, for Ash Taylor to step up. But the forward pack, Jared Wallace, he got paid big bickies after looking to leave last year. Nathan Peets, he played Origin. Then I thought last year Mitch Rain was better in most games than him, so it needs to be a big year for him. Shannon Boyd, underwhelming for a couple of years at the Raiders. Got paid big dollars to come up here. It's time to stand up for him in the back row now. Kevin Proctor, Ryan James, and Jai Arrow. I really do like the Ford pack, but the big question over the last few years in particular, frustrating you more than anyone, is their ruck defense. It's been absolutely putrid. So let's hope that's an area that they've spent well, so a big fair, piece so. of their off-season. But Jai Arrow, if he stays healthy, he had a few niggles last year. He could be anything. He had a massive season last year. Ryan James in the back row, though, I'm not 100% sure about that just yet. Mm. Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't like it. With Boyd and Wallace, I, like I can it. kind I, of understand. For me, it. it's it's the Bryce Cartwright effect. He's let the Titans down massively. He, he that should be his spot. That the twelve spot is his spot, uh, and it gives you a stronger bench rotation. Mm. So for me, Bryce Cartwright needs to either pull his finger out of his ass and play some good footy, or they've got to move that contract. Yeah, well, basically he's on the bench there with Max King. Because for me, I'd love to have Hipgrave on the bench, Cartwright starting, and put put either. Wallace Boyd or James back to the bench and have a real strong front row rotation. You can play them all for sixty minutes almost. I think Boyd would be the one you want to bring off the bench. Probably. Well, it I don't care who it is, but it, it makes your bench a lot stronger. It makes your side a lot stronger. Well, a very underrated player I think off the bench was the eighteen-year-old prop last year, Moiaki Fotuaka, and I thought he played well above his weight. I think he's going to be even better this year. So he's one on your bench that I really do like. But yeah. as you've said, if you had Fotuaka on the bench with potentially Shannon Boyd and start with Wallace and James and then rotate through. You could just go absolutely manic there and rotate those guys and even give Arrow a bit of a spell instead of making him carry that burden of 80 minutes every week and just rotate those guys as tights and make them all play 50, 60 minutes. Yeah. 
but we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Cartwright is getting opportunity off the bench the first few weeks. If something doesn't happen, it may be the end. He may have to move on. He may have to get England. He'll have to get England. Surely no one in the NRL is going to touch him. Well, you've got a big bay packet, and like I said, it's on Garth Brennan this year, I think, to try and get something out of him. On the Raiders side of things, though, Jordan Rapana obviously missing to start the early part of the year, and Jack White moving in his six scenes. Chance Nickel Clogstad get first crack at fullback over from the Warriors. Very, very handy player when you watch him play in New South Wales Cup and limited opportunities over there with Roger Tuovasa-Shek. This is a big chance for him early on to try and push to hold his spot down. Kotrick on the wing, Jared Croker back from his ACL with Leilua in the centres and another debutante in Bailey Simonson, who was actually a former Canberra junior. He went away for a little while. He played sevens for the All Blacks and he's come back in this off-season and got himself a top squad deal. So with Oldfield injured and Rapana injured and White moving into the halves, obviously a bit of a different outlook there, but White at six now. Austin's gone with Caesar. I've said it before. I think it brings a lot more as far as defense is concerned to help on that edge. But in attack, uh, I don't know about a kicking game. I think he's going to be more of a runner, much like Blake. But it's on Caesar now. It's his time to deliver. It's been a couple of years. We need to see more. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, and I'm not sold on White. I'd be playing Nick Kotrick at fullback. Oh, there's a few cha- changes I'd make to that side. But you know, Ricky Stewart's got his reasons and... By all reports, have had a strong off season. They don't look to have a lot of injuries, which is a, a good thing to start the year. I like the fact that Papali's going to play up front. Um, well, and they look is. strong. Like Bateman, Bateman's a good player. Elliot Whitehead, Tapine, Tapine. Their bench doesn't look real strong for me. Nah, Tapine being on the edge is the one thing I'm really happy about. Like they have this, yeah, they have, yeah, they've yeah. got the way he finished the back end of last year. The size of the man. I know people have said before or carried on bits and pieces, you should have to play prop this, that, and the other. There is nothing worse than a man of that size with footwork and offload, and he's got a bit of that aggro in him that does get him into trouble at times. I could not think of a worse player to be trying to defend on an edge if he gets good early ball. Whitehead, Bateman, I'd probably flip those two around. I thought Whitehead suited playing that 13 role, but there's no doubt Bateman is a very gritty player and can hold that edge, uh, hold that tight spot as well. Uh, and Papali, Soliola, as we spoke about, someone was going to have to push him in play tight. I'd much prefer Papali to play there as 8 and 13 are basically the same role mm. these day and age. But the bench, like you said, Saliva Harvey, Ryan Sutton, the other Englishmen coming over to play prop on debut, Dunamis Louis, who was okay last year, and Corey Horsberg, who they had on a development deal last year, a player they picked up from the Cowboys, former Queensland under-20s player. He's making his NRL debut. So a couple of debutants again there with Horsberg and Bailey Simonson. So another cracker game to look forward to. And all around, mate, I'm just looking forward to round one. Yeah, me too. Very, very it's excited for round one, but... I guess uh, we should probably look at some gossip and get to our tips. But before we do that, have to welcome back again, as we said this year, for our sponsors, Penrith Solar Centre. Everyone's probably seen the links up on the page. Plenty of people bought into that last year. It's a necessary evil these days with the rising power bills. Boxhead, you're on board. Dad's on board. I'm on board as well. I also work in that kind of industry, and definitely bills aren't getting any cheaper. No, so not. Renewable energies, it's one of those things you should definitely look into if you haven't already. But if you want to know what's worse than seeing your team cop the wooden spoon this season, it's getting slapped with a rising power bill. And that can put you on the edge more than an origin decider. But Penrith Solar Centre are Western Sydney's solar specialists who are helping local families take control over their electricity bills. Let the sun work for you and your back pocket. Contact Penrith Solar Centre today on 1800 20 2930 to discuss how you can become a real winner this season when it comes to your power bills. That number again, 1800 20 2930 and Dot .au and the Pro Sports Syndicate Boxhead. They're back on board. They've got a special offer for our listeners. If anyone's looked on the page there, you can get the total NRL tips package for $700 for the year. That's over 450 bets, lines, tips, 
margins, try scorers, etc. All these bits and pieces. You're a bit more of a punter than I am, but they've made over forty thousand dollars profit from my memory looking at it, betting a hundred dollar units. So to put that in comparison, if you broke it back down, say if you're betting ten dollars a bet, that's basically saying you're winning four thousand dollars mm. if you're going to cut that down. So it's units is a bit of a different phrase for a lot of people. But the upside of this, if you're willing to roll the dice and you're lucky betting on the NRL and they've got a quality package, if you do not get a profit in 2019, their profit guarantee means you will get the 2020 season absolutely free. So if you invest your money there, the $100 discount for the fifth and last link, look for that on the page for $700 for the year. If you do not get a return of profit percentage on the Pro Sports Syndicate package, 2020 for free. Sounds good. Good times. Sounds yeah. good, yeah. The other thing to look out there for those guys is obviously the betting links, Brock, the promos. So there's sign-up bonuses, betting bonuses, all those sorts of bits and pieces. If you're punting fanatics like ourselves, it's always nice to get a nice sign-up, whether it be 200 300 bucks. So look out for those. We'll have a couple of those and their best bets weekly. And we ourselves are going to jump on and try and keep it with a book this year, Brock. Yeah, we are. And get our own best bets because we've done pretty well with our charity bets the last couple of years. Mm. So there you go couple of our sponsors there. And yep. I think uh, the fantasy link we put up the other night for some people to look at. Yeah, well, we um, we put it out there last year about um, the fact that we, we play pretty high-stakes fantasy. There's only a few of us in the comp. So we're, we're $250 ahead um, with $1,000 winner takes all every year. So it's pretty pretty full on. We put it out there. And the boys from um, NRL CEO who are on the bench.com.au, uh, they jumped on board and gave us a free, um, I guess, a free free roll at their comp which usually costs um, 50 bucks so uh, we're playing for, for pretty big cash uh, the platform's a little bit different it's not like super coach uh, but you know we draft squads of 40 we draft pretty big squads we don't make trades in terms of waiver wire so uh, any trades that happen in our league are between the teams the players that aren't drafted on draft night they are irrelevant um, so we're we're a little bit different but um if you want to give it a crack, go to the bench, uh, www.thebench.com.au uh, and have a look. Round one's about to start, but it's free to play if you're going to use the standard version and then just $10 per club to customise things. So if you've got six in your league, you'll chip in 10 bucks each. It costs you 60 but it's well worth it when you look at all the customisations and stuff you can make. So um, get across there and, and support those fellas. They're just uh, battlers like us trying to do their best, run a website and... Uh, you know, trying to cater for the fans and the people that, that love to play fantasy. But I guess, like us, we're pretty in-depth with our fantasy. We don't we don't like having the same players. No, we we've also, players and... like a lot of people, people always suggest Supercoach. I get Supercoach, but I don't like exactly that, having the same players. They've moved into the draft kind of realm this year, but it's only 1-17. to 17, So yeah. we like to have that bigger squad. Absolutely. We've yeah. used the Sydney Morning Herald. We've used the NRL platform. We've used a couple of different ones. but Well, we love the Fox Sports one until they changed it. They, they amalgamated with the Daily Telegraph. And I thought the Fox, how Fox League used to do it up until, must have been 2011, 2012, and then they amalgamated and we went away from it. And ever since, we've really struggled to find a website. But um, the dudes at NRLCO really looked after us. So, um, yeah, I like if you're on Supercoach and you like Supercoach, it's get fine. on. But if you if you want to looking for something different like we are, we're we're pretty nerdy on it and we're pretty full on. So, um, and there's a lot of banner and stuff that goes on in some in some private uh, chat rooms. But um, yeah, we love it and so. that that website's been good. So, and you can do your draft offline. 
you don't have to be online. You can just do it and input it manually. Anyone that plays NFL fantasy, like we do, and we're nuts yeah. on that as well. We it's very similar. We have some beers. We get yeah. together. We do our draft. We have a good laugh. It's always a good time. So, yeah. so this uh, allows you to do that. So it's it's a good site. Check it out, guys. The NRL CEO and the website again, Boxhead. Yeah. Yeah, the website. The NRL CEO. Oh, sorry. It's www.thebench.com.au. There you go. Check it out. The new platform that we're trying out this year. Have so. a little power snooze. Yeah, you are. You're a bit. You're a bit. Bit. Bit sleepy over there, buddy. Mm. Big day. Now Lola's gone arms out. So anyone that knows babies, so she's gone from sleeping on her back to in the swaddle, which was great. She slept for 11 hours over the off-season. Round one, Nicole said, arms out, baby. So now she rolls over and crawls around the cot and screams and cries, and it's a nightmare. So Fair anyone enough. got any tips, inbox us, please. Well, there you go. Gossip. Boxhead's not getting a lot of sleep. Boxhead's not getting a lot of sleep. There you go. Gossip that we've got for this week. He will be back at different points this year, Boxer. But the first one and a big bit of news we all saw today, and it's been rumoured the last few weeks, George Williams, the English international 5'8", and obviously playing at Wigan, there's yeah, been talk that the I Warriors... Tell you what, he isn't playing very well. No, he's not. But there was talk that the Warriors and both the Raiders were interested, but the same problem existed that happened last time to the Warriors with Tompkins, which put them off, which is a massive transfer fee. But the Raiders seem to be... A lot more keen. Talk was today they got done a three-year deal, but now the rumours are that basically they've agreed to terms, but as far as Wigan and finalising the deal, they can't get it done until they agree on a fee. Wigan, well, it's, next, it's for next year. It is for it? next year, but Wigan apparently wants But is four. he still on contract? He's still That's on contract, why they want a fee. but he has an yeah. NRL out clause, so he can leave, but they have to pay. But they're talking $450,000 to get him out of there. Stick it up your ass. And I like George Williams, don't get me wrong, but again, I'm not that big a fan that I'm no. paying half a million dollars. I wasn't a big fan of the Tompkins move. For the money that the Warriors got, the only thing that worked out for the Warriors in the end is sending him back. They got their money back. Look, I, th- so, I think Blake Austin's a better player than George Williams. Oh, I'm not They're very similar players. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's you've you've let Austin walk, and you know you're then going to go and pay a, a a fair whack for a guy that's playing in the Super League. And look, I'm a pretty big advocate for the Super League, but the start of this year has been diabolical. Yeah. It's been really, really poor. I know Wigan, I guess, competed with. Uh, the Roosters in that game, but yeah. I think they've only won. They've only won one of their first five. They're really struggling, and the standard of footy over there at the moment looks oh. pretty slow and and pretty pretty boring. But they they tend to be two or three years behind us. So I think they're going through that phase now where the wrestle and the structure's really taken over, and everyone's sort of playing a similar style. So uh, I really really expect St Helens this year to kick on and win the comp, and I, I expect them to win it quite comfortably over there. To be fair, unless a side out of the box. Uh, like a Cass, like I think Cass have got the roster there. They could play that open style footy, which saw them get to the grand final a couple of years ago and they got rolled by the Rhinos. But uh, the competition over there at the moment, I, I love it, but re- I've really, really struggled to watch it this, yeah, this last month. I haven't month. watched a whole lot of it this year. And a few of the games I've watched have been blowouts, which has put me they off have a little been, bit more. Yeah, so they've just been poor. That always kind of loses uh, my interest. But we'll have to see what happens there. The Raiders, apparently, though, very keen to turn into the English international side mm. of this rate. So see what happens there. Winnerstein to the Panthers. Frank Winnerstein, that one reported yesterday. Clearly, Desi is happy with the forward stocks that he's got, so he's let him go. And the Panthers, who are lacking a little bit of depth or a little bit of age in that spot, have picked up Frank Winnerstein. So uh, 
Uh, been a bit of a journeyman, played some Super League, played for Samoa a couple of games in a couple of seasons now at Manly. We had a really, really good year, not... Um, the year I before think it was last. 2017, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he had a cracky... Last year, he was in and out of the side. When they um, made the finals, he had a great year. I still don't think he'll feature a whole lot this year, but as far as depth is concerned, they don't have a whole lot. So for a minimum wage or a lower price, can't really blame the Panthers for that for one. For me, I'll, I'll look and go... Bloody I want hell, like if, and I want... Yeah, but I, you're like, well, I've let Corey Waddell go there, and now I'm getting back exactly. at Winnerstein. I would have so. preferred to keep Waddell, but... Uh, yeah, it is what it is. Just a year there for a bit of depth, see what happens. Cassiano and the Storm, the talk was obviously they were a couple of hundred thousand out of the cap. The deal there was when they picked up Sam Cassiano, the Bulldogs paid a bigger part of the freight last year, but the remaining years of that deal are the same term. So he was on around five, six hundred thousand. Melbourne have shipped him off now to the Catalan Dragons. So that'd be a couple of hundred thousand back under the salary cap. And no offense to Big Sam, he did lose the weight last year, but he couldn't stay healthy and on the field. So. Never really got to see how that played out, but not really a big loss for the Storm. Tui Kamikamika, Tino, Famasulai, and Patrick Kafusi clearly have all had big off-seasons. Yeah. Tom Eisenhuth, so they think they've got better players there for less Plus money. they've got Kenny and yeah. a, whole, a whole stack of guys there that so, can fill a hole. Sam Cassiano, a couple of years ago, one of the best forwards in the competition now over to the Super League, so that may be the end of big Sam Cassiano. Reese Robson, for anyone out there who doesn't know, gun junior hooker at the Dragons, pathway blocked by Cam McInnes. He's the Australian under-20s hooker, New South Wales 20s hooker. All those things comes with a grade. Plenty of clubs chasing after a good nine and no more harder right now than the North Queensland Cowboys and the Bulldogs who are apparently in for his services, talking close to 350000 a year. So the Dragons are, I wouldn't say resigned to the fact of losing him, but it's going to be pretty hard to keep someone when you know his pathway's blocked. So at this point in time, two clubs in very, very hard. Wouldn't surprise me if uh, the Tigers, to be honest, after this year, were another club that were interested in looking at him. But lots of people interested in Reese Robson. If you watch any New South Wales Cup football, keep your eyes on the kid. He goes very, very good. Speaking of hookers, James Seguiara, obviously been pushed out of the Sharks with the salary cap issues out the other week. Talk is, again, the Eels, who are looking for a backup nine. They've kind of brushed that off. But he's apparently keen to talk to North Queensland and the possibility of going back up there. So... Not sure how the club would feel about that situation, but with Granville and Baptiste, a third hooker on the books, I don't know if that's something they would consider boxhead, but apparently Seguiara is keen to follow up that avenue, so we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But would you, if you were the I'd Cowboys, be interested? If, if you had the room, definitely, uh, because I'm not convinced on Granville, but Seguiara is a similar player. Seguiara was, he was out of this world playing for Penrith, and... You know, he went to Leeds, got out of that deal, went to Cronulla. He was rumoured to be going to Parramatta, tries to move, um, you know, to Cronulla and that falls over. I, I don't know. He just seems like a bit of a journeyman. He's turned into a journeyman. He was doing some stupid shit off field. He was hanging around with Corey Norman. and Well, they live together still, I'm pretty sure. I know that. So. I just, for me, he's, at the moment, he's a bit of a waste of talent. It's the focus. That's the yeah, issue. He's, he's such a good player. He's a great player. Such a so good player Corey when he's on. But he's got to get his focus right because his career is going to pass him by and he's probably wasted two or three years uh, at the moment, Seguiaro. Well, let's hope. I'd love to have him at the Titans, but you know, you, you sort of go, well, do you want him Do you want him on best form? Absolutely. Do you want him on what he's shown in the last two years? Not, not a chance. No. We'll have to see what happens there with Seguiaro, but hopefully he gets an opportunity uh, and he can pull everything together. Andre Saveo, a guy who came out here from St. Helens to the Brisbane Broncos. Unfortunately, the poor bugger did his ACL last year. Uh, he's a talented forward. He can play as a tight, as an edge, and even centre. 
But unfortunately, that experiment is over before it even got going. Yeah, no games last year because that ACL and now returning to the Super League. So clearly, Anthony Seabold with that young dynamic forward pack has no use for him. Three-year deal with Hull FC. So yep. he's returning to the Super League. Nice. Uh, I think he's only 24, 25 years old. So he's still plenty young enough. But I guess off that injury and again, not being the man who brought him over from England, he's keen to have that money free for some of the younger players. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They've gotten their squad. Yeah, so, fair enough. Uh, yeah, if you ever watch the Super League like we talked about before, keep your eyes on him because he was a player that I was interested in watching. The Eels, as we said, the backup hooker situation, Will Smith has been named this week, but apparently they've been doing some shopping around. We know that they messed with the Warriors because the Warriors messed with them. The Warriors obviously went after Dylan Brown under contract, so to fight back, the uh, Eels made an inquiry for Isaac Luke, knowing full well that he had a trigger in his clause that he signed for minimum wage last year that if a better offer come from another club, he was able to leave. So that made the Warriors spend a bit of extra cap room that they got from Sean Johnson. So now that that's been done, they're apparently having a look around at potentially Mitch Rain, Carl Lawton from the Warriors and trying to get someone in as a backup nine. So as to whether they can get any of those players, if the Titans would let Rain go, I certainly wouldn't. Lawton at the Warriors, I'm not sure, but they are interested in picking up an extra nine considering Kaiser Pritchard for the time being is on definite leave with his injuries and some issues. And uh, yeah, they're going to need somebody. That's for sure. And the last bit I've got here is Jordan Pereira, the winger at the Dragons. There, He has signed a two-year extension with the club. So they're obviously happy with him. Probably got him on a safe wicket, I'm assuming, because he's mid-20s right now. But he did finish the year pretty strong last year, especially his yardage game. Probably just got to watch him under the high ball a bit. But there you go. There's any gossip we've got there from Mr. Gossip. Let's jump into some of those fan questions, Boxhead. Let's see what the fiends have got here for us. It's... uh. What do you reckon? Have you got anything heading into round one or any questions in particular or anything heading into the season that you've got on your no, mind? I just, want to see, I just want to see them play. I want to see some games. Uh, we're always, you know, you look at last year, Cowboys and Parramatta were the two teams everyone would have jump on and it, it always goes a different way. So uh, I have no doubt there's going to be some results out of the out of the box this weekend. You're going to get some real good value. If, you know, if your team's an underdog this weekend, go and throw some cash on them because you just see so many upsets early in the year and you get good value on on teams that are underdogs because no one really knows at this point in, point in time. So um, a lot of people are... Well, every team's trying to make adjustments to to be better over the off-season and they're all working just as hard. So I've got no doubt that there's going to be some teams out of the blocks that are going to surprise, particularly over the first month. I mean, remember... The West Tigers rolled Melbourne twice in the first six weeks last year. Like you, w- you would never have ever predicted that going into last year. So it's always very, very unpredictable. And, and early in the year, when everyone is fit and healthy, it's the most difficult time to sort of predict what's going to happen. Once teams get injured and some get form, and you know, it sort of starts to be a little bit easier to um, decipher. But this time of the year, it's extremely hard. 100% agree there, but as you said before, I think the other thing is off-season surgery. Some of those bigger clubs that have yeah. international representation, I know they only played a handful of games last year, so they've all generally had the big break, but the only real team I think might have a bit of a slower start, but they've still got exceptional amount of talent is the Roosters. 
that a lot of guys play all the way up to the grand final, play for New Zealand, England, and obviously Australia. Um, and then they had probably a couple of guys have surgery, and then they've only played the one real game, the World Cup Challenge. So I think they would have had a lot more training paddock time as far compared to game time and maybe a longer break. So if they start a little slow, that wouldn't surprise me, but it's all for the betterment long-term down the road, and they're going to have a heavy representation for Origin, you can imagine, as well. So I'm not going to try and read too much into the first four to six weeks, as usual, but we'll see what happens there. First question, Billy Krojic says, why do we still give two points for the buy? It just confuses the table for six weeks until everyone's had it. Mate, I say it every year. I just don't count the buy. I don't know why we bother. A buy shouldn't give you any points because everyone gets one. It makes no difference. So that's about as simple as that. Mm. Jack Neymar Marquand tips for rookie of the year. Well, Dylan Brown playing in the halves is likely mm. to feature in most games, and there's not a whole lot of competition there. So I think he's definitely yeah, I think Mahoney a contender. He's a contender. Well, did the he two, play too two many games last year to, to rule him out? I don't know. I hate that rule. Um, well, they're two that are going to be in key positions under the pump straight away. Who else we got? Maybe the big the, your big mate at Melbourne. I'll tell you what. Mika Mika. Technically, Bateman is a debutant, John Bateman, for the Raiders. Is there an age thing for he's a rookie? Not, he's or? not a rookie because he's played in the Super League. Oh, Surely? I don't know if that rule applies or not, to yeah, be honest. But a player like um, Hodgson or Whitehead or whatever didn't win it when they first come over here. There's also a couple of uh, wingers that I think you have to look out for. Mike Acevo, if he has a big year for the Parramatta Eels and scores some tries, he's one that might be up for consideration. Ravalala, the Dragons, if he holds that spot, he's another guy that could definitely make some headlines. Well, what about David Fafita? How many is he eligible? Oh, I think he probably played too many played last too many, year, yeah. so I, I don't know if he'll be one of those guys that's up for that kind of a, a spot. But, yeah, I think uh, looking at the rookies that are more likely to play a fair few games. If Adam Kieran, again, another half, lasts the whole year at the Warriors and has a solid year, he's another one of these guys you could potentially see. I wouldn't be whacking my money on him. No, I wouldn't be, but I'm just more going about guys yeah, yeah, that are likely to play the whole year. That's, that's the harder part. It's one thing debuting. It's another thing holding your spot. If Corey Allen got into the South's back line and stayed there and played the way he did in the Charity Shield, um, he's another one to look out for. Blake Braley, does he get more minutes? Does he cut in front of his brother? Well, does, if his brother gets injured. Does Bronson Sherry come in at some point and I think Bronson, Bronson Sherry's a... At the Sharks there. He's a huge chance of, if he gets in, of lighting it up because he... you know, I saw him in a lot of schoolboy football the last two years with the CHS and he's been... Unbelievable. Yeah, there's a young guy and Thomas Flegel, like we said, on the bench for the Broncos. If he holds that spot or Carrigan or someone gets in and they play really, really well. So there's a couple of guys potentially to look at there as far as rookies of the year. But in particular, those halves. If either of those halves have a good year in Kieran or Dylan Brown, etc., or one of those big wingers score a lot of tries, you might be seeing your rookie of the year there. Paul Phillips, how do you see the Cowboys traveling this year? Well, we both had them in the bottom half of the eight. Really good forward pack. Michael Morgan hopefully finds that form that he had uh, the year prior, but that's the question mark there. And who partners him? And then the makeup of the back line. That's right. They've got to get so, that sorted early. That's one thing. Hopefully. Get a one, get someone to partner Morgan and... and and then Greenville. Greenville the needs to have a good year. That's, yeah. that's a big well, question. I don't think there's any doubt that the forward pack is going to be good. So I think the, the effect that Granville has on the game is going to be on Jack Granville, on no one else. So... He's got to get his um, got to get his game in order. Forrest Bell, what are we expecting from the refs this season? All these oh off-field God. dramas with players has let the refs fly under the radar. Well, they're flying under the radar because there hasn't been any games. So I'm sure this time next week there'll be people blowing up about something. So yeah, now the refs will be back on the agenda. Give it 
what how long until kickoff? Ooh. Forty-eight hours. So mate, give it fifty-two hours, and there'll be something out of the, out of the first game, no doubt that people are blowing up about. Graham Mannersley said they're going to try and open things up a bit more, so we'll have to wait and see. In terms of the game and trying to re- return to attacking the football Good. or awarding attacking football, my only issue I have with that is if you're a team that doesn't have great attacking players, you can't say you're going to punish or ref on purpose against the skill set or the ability of a side. No, I think it's, it's one more thing to, a line to say that they're going the to get rid of that, that shit. But yeah. what if you're a side that doesn't have the talent to play an exciting attacking brand of football? Are you going to punish them for playing to their strengths? That's my only issue. Well, you're not. Well, we'll have to wait and see, but that was my How issue. How are they going to get punished? Well, the interpretation of saying if you will be rewarded for playing attacking football, if you're not one of the flasher sides in the comp, and say you're a Bulldogs who are going to rely more no, on the No, I think it's more saying that halves, we're, well, not, we're not going to allow teams to lay all over you and well, stand offside. I am fine with that, but we'll have to wait and see if they carry through with that this year. Let's hope so. Shazal Sheikh says, thoughts on the change of the shot clock where the game doesn't run at the same time. Uh, that way we get more game time and an opportunity at a thrilling finish rather than a player scoring a try with a minute 30 on the clock and wasting it lining up a shot. Glad to have you lads back, and I should save money on going out, but I'll lose on the punt. <laughs> don't don't, uh, don't bet then, Shazal. Yeah. Keep it in your pocket, brother. Lay off the betting. <laughs> Uh, the, I like it. I think the shot clock should be reduced further, to be honest. That's what I reckon. They still, what is the shot clock? 30 seconds, I'm pretty sure, isn't it? Or the scrum one might be 40, uh, 30 seconds and 40. I don't think the, kick, think the kick's a minute, isn't it? I don't know. No, I don't know. They they should just bloody rush the scrums and the dropouts. I think they piss the time up they've got now anyway. So cut another five or ten seconds off, I reckon. Mm. Zach Prevera, will DeBellin and Martin see the field again? This year, I picked them both up late in a fantasy draft, so I could have gotten a steal, or could I have ruined my year from before it even nah, started? You'd, you'd be able to trade them out, Zach. Smart move. Yeah, well, if you can get value late in a draft, it's all good. Depends if you've got a big squad, though. If you do a squad version like ours, it's all right. You can take a few risks. Mm. If you're in a smaller format, you might only Remember have... the year Mitchell Pierce bloody did the thing with the dog, and I got him in. I got him draft. real late and ended up winning it, I think, that year. Yeah. Because I had a couple of those guys come in. Good times. Robert Tamasvero, what are your thoughts on the Tigers' backline choice? Obviously, pending team list, but it looks like Fanua is a reserve centre, even behind Moborowski. To me, that's bonkers. Well, they have no choice this week, mate, unfortunately. Nofaluma and Mbai are out, so that's what they've gone with. He said, also a shout-out to those leeches that are reporters trying to follow Ben Barber and fire him up for a story. I do not condone what he did in any shape or form, but fair dinkum, leave the bloke alone. Welcome back. Fantastic to hear you guys again. I've only seen... The video today, but yeah, apparently they'll find him around North Queensland harassing him and he sprayed a reporter and said he would hurt him or et cetera. But my whole thing is, again, what he's done is poor. Uh, it's It's been reported on a couple of weeks ago. Why are they still finding around harassing him? Just let him get on with his because life. they're looking for him to give he's him gonna a story. Have his day you, well, Ben, you've got form. Well, he's going to have his day in court. He's gonna have I get a, that. Just leave him alone. Well, yeah. I don't have a lot of sympathy for him. Oh, the journalists, if they're going to waste their time doing that, good luck to him. I, I don't care. It, the journalists wouldn't be there unless he was he, he had a history of giving him a story. So I don't know. I, I've got no sympathy for either of them. Do I, do I love the fact that journalists are there doing what they're doing and harassing him? No, I don't. But, you know, he's brought that upon himself. Yeah. Stephen Moorcroft, what do you guys think of the Super Bowl? Love it. I didn't love it when I went. Well, I loved it. My team won. Uh, people that were blowing up about the attacking side. What right? are we talking about? This year's one? Super Bowl. Oh. That's what he's talking about. What else oh, are we talking I'd, about? Sorry, I thought he said the Super Bowl in general. No. Um, what did I think of it? Yeah. I thought it was, it was a defensive game. game. I, I thought the Rams are diabolical. They they I, they just got out coached. They got out. They got spooked. Um, the Pats just, they're like the metal man. They're not going to go away. They're not going to beat themselves. So, 
for me, I, I thought I thought the game was more a poor reflection on the Rams, not the Patriots, because the Patriots were doing that all all year, just firing away to win. Um, the Rams have a shitload more weapons than what the Patriots do, but the Patriots found a way to nullify them, slow them down, take time off the clock, keep the uh, Rams' offense off the field. I don't know what more to say. I, the Rams have got no one to blame but themselves. Yeah, well, the Patriots were, were excellent, well coached. Coached, outplayed. Yeah. Um, He's supposed to have a great defense. Our defense outplayed theirs. Our secondary was better. And we ran the ball on the ground. We they had, really a, they had a chance. The air, but... Like the Rams had a chance in the fourth quarter. They had three quarters worth there where it was close, where they could have run away with it and made some plays. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm happy. We won again. So yeah, of course. No surprises there that the Patriots get another one. You J- kiss my ass all That's right. Jay Smith, how have you boys spent the offseason keen for the footy? Well, we've spent the off-season at footy for the most part. Yeah, We've been uh, at the junior reps a couple of days a week, working like everybody else, just on the grind, trying to earn those dollars. Grafting. Grafting. Trying well, to I pay had, the bills. I had 10 weeks off. So Brock's um, obviously been busy being a dad, so yeah, there you go. I'm watching my wife be a mum. She's uh, she's doing the majority of it. But yeah, no, it's been good. It's been to, had 10 weeks off. I had four weeks off from school, parental leave, and took some leave without pay, and then... Had obviously the six six week school holidays, which was good. Chrissy was good, just relaxed really. I didn't watch a lot of cricket to be fair. I thought the cricket was dog shit over the summer. Uh, plenty of NFL, plenty of basketball. Just yet, yeah, keen as mustard to get this footy footy back on. And before you know it, it'll be August and the NFL will roll back around and away we go, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope everyone had a great great off season. We we enjoyed it. We started this a little bit later, which was good. So we've had a had a good break. 100%. Campbell Scott, spin a yarn about the article on NRL.com about average player weights and heights in a different position changing in the past 10 years was a real good read. Well, I haven't read it, Champion. I don't know if Brock saw it today, but no, I, I did see it. I, I can assume that the biggest differences as far as weight and size is concerned would have been in the halves yeah, and the outside backs. But the game's just gone to a prototype. Well, They're looking for a prototype. Yeah. It's no longer about it's small the body shape as much as it is a skill wing. set. It's, it's more, we'll get the body shape, then we'll teach it the skill set. Yeah. And that's what we've said before. You can get athletes and try and turn them into robots, or you're looking for footballers. There's yeah. a bit of a difference between There's the two. There's a mix. But... There's a mix. If you know, if you can find an exceptional talent, exceptional skill set, then obviously you want to go with that. But if not, you can you want to find the body, and then you can teach it the skill set. So. Well, that's the bigger trend, obviously, especially being in the junior coaching. Well, you see some of the body. size, you're like, Jesus Christ, some massive humans running around. So. Mm. Well, we've seen it like over the last couple of years. You see, like sometimes you get a half in who's a bigger body at six, but he doesn't have some of those natural tendencies. And then the time they do get somebody in who is a natural half with a good kicking aim or vision, they generally don't have the body they're looking for. It's that kind of question mark that has been up and down. There seems to be a few clubs like we talked about last week in their junior recruitment, though, that are starting to look back more towards the football rather than just the body. And one you mentioned was Newcastle. Yeah. They seem to be going back more towards not just looking at the body shape, looking at the ability of the player, the natural instincts, their game awareness. Yeah, so. I, well, I'd done I'd done four games of research on Newcastle heading into our game last weekend in a game that I was really proud of our boys. They competed really well. Newcastle put fifty on everyone, and um, but they've they've just got they've gone back to that uh, quality hooker, quality halves, um, a, a fullback who's got a really really good skill set. So uh, and just Going back to that big Newcastle front rower, big tough forwards. I had some big tough forwards on the bench. Um, yeah, it's just I think demographically also you you you've got a profile. You know, like you've got more uh, Pacific Islanders living in some demographics, less in others. And you know, back when I played 
Harold Matt's footy. It was, you know, different sides, had different demographics, had different body shapes, had different types of players. So I think Newcastle have really peeled things back and tried not to be like everyone else or what was winning. They've just gone back to what's our demographic? Let's make sure we're picking the best out of that. Uh, they've got a lot of good athletes in that side. Like I did a lot of a lot of research on their their 16s. They've got a lot of state sprinters. They've got some boys that are very good at AFL, multi-skilled players, and they, they're just well-rounded young men. Well, I'll tell you what, I didn't look the name up after we played the 18 side on the weekend, but they have a very good number nine coming through. Yeah. And not so much, again, the body shape, but he was quick, he was nifty, he manipulated our markers, he created a couple of tries, he scored. He is a very, very natural, good nine. And there's not many good nines anymore that have vision to play from dummy half. So I'll have to get the name for everybody, but if you're a Newcastle fan out there, I think you're going to have a very, very handy hooker in the next year or two coming in to your first grade squad or your New South Wales Cup squad. He was uh, pretty good in the under-18s on the weekend. Mm. Uh, George Crenetti says, Welcome back, boys. Any glaring omissions in your mind from the team lists announced for round one? We went through them, didn't we? Yeah, well, everything oh. we went through before. I think most of the ones that are, you know, that you look at and go, why is he not in, are more so from injury. Injuries, yeah. I don't think there was really any huge names. I think names. Zach, Zach Lomax, for me, should have got a spot on well, the bench. Zach Lomax, and then again, potentially Maguire playing off the bench. Maguire Crichton, on the But bench, you're talking about yeah. two guys that have gone to new clubs, maybe a bit of a change-up, working their way into the squad. But uh, off the top of my head from what we read through before, I can't really think of anyone that's an absolute glaring omission or a huge... You know, a player who's missed out on a spot, but, you know, have to see what happens the first few weeks. There's always changes early on the year, that's for sure. Nigel Huntley, throwing some money each week on all the teams to get the spoon since the Knights have started to get their shit together. That is way too unpredictable. I'm thinking the Dogs or the Warriors are a good shot for it, but I'm praying the Roosters get done for the salary cap. (laughs) Well, if you're going to bet on the spoon, I still think the two worst sides, depth-wise and squad-wise, would be the Eels and the Dogs, but... Brock likes the Tigers, so I'm sure there's a bit more value on that one if you wanted to look at the wooden spoon. But yeah. I, don't know. I, don't, I don't like the spoon market. I just look at depth, squad depth, age, are probably the two things I look at. Yeah. Last year, I, I was certain that there was things going on at Manly, uh, and that's why I had them down the ladder. But in the years prior, we've had Newcastle for four or five years in a row. So this is really the, only the second year that we've really had to think about it, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Duncan Bridgeford says, which player or players do you think will have a breakout season a la Damian Cook last year? That's a good question. That's yeah. a really, really good question. I I think Sean Johnson has the potential to have a real breakout season. I think he's been a solid player, but going away from yeah, he's the Warriors coming here, I think he'd go one way or the other. Uh, I think, to me, I'd like to think that someone like Nathan Peets would have a breakout season. Like He had that one year where he played Origin, but other than that, to me, he's been pretty underwhelming at the Titans. So I'd love to see him get on the back of that big forward pack and have a quality year and, and really push for you know, that hooking hooking role or that bench utility role for New South Wales. Well, uh, for, for me, I think Cam Murray, and again, it wasn't you know something... Yeah, well, I think he had a breakout year last oh, year. Right? That's off the bench. I'm saying this year, playing as a starting player, he's going to play big minutes yeah. and he's going to really announce himself. It's going to be different, but different expectations. Same as Victor Radley, you know, like they... they Made good impact coming off the bench last year, but it's gonna be different for them now. They're gonna they're they're not gonna fly under the radar. They're gonna be in the starting side. They're gonna be playing more minutes. Their impact, you know, more is gonna be expected of them. So another yeah, interesting, another handful of players. And again, I know I'm specifically naming kind of one club here, but I think Joe Fahengawi, Matt Lodge, and looking at Jaden Sewer up there at the Brisbane Broncos are all gonna play a push also yeah. for wet football. I wouldn't surprise me. 
if Lodgy, again, pushed, regardless of what you think, again, of what happened in the off-season, he played some good football, or what's happened in his past, sorry. Well, he hasn't he was put very a foot wrong since year. then. Yeah, exactly. And, again, that was coming back after almost three yeah. years of not playing That's great. all we spoke about for so, six weeks last year. I think he'll be a lot better for the run this year. I think Offa Hingawi, people forget, is only 22, 23 years old. He's been playing great for five years now. And I'll he, throw a few out. Jerome Hughes and Scott Drinkwater, uh, you know, Jerome Hughes in the short term, Scott Drinkwater in the long term once he obviously returns back from injury. I think Brodie Croft, he's got to have a breakout season. He, to me, has been underwhelming. He hasn't really strung together one solid season. And I think Brandon Smith, to really take some pressure off Cameron Smith, if he can come on and be really impactful for 30-odd minutes, I think you're definitely going to see Cameron Smith go around next year. I think if, if it's all on Smith and he doesn't get a lot of help from his halves and his fullback, I wouldn't be surprised to see him retire at the end of the year. It might just be one of those years where he's you know, shoveling shit uphill a little bit. So I think those players around Smith are going to help him. I think the forwards are there. You know, they, The forward pack looks great, provided they don't get injuries. But for me, I think everyone sees Melbourne sliding, and I, I see them sliding slightly because you've had Slater go out, cronk out the year before. But for me, they go right back up the pecking order if one of those guys goes to that elite level. Well, the thing about it, again, they didn't recruit, but I don't think people understand how much hard work they do internally. So they didn't bring, That's what I'm saying. They didn't bring anyone in, but you didn't see yeah. Kamika Mika bar a couple of games last year who played really well in Cup. You didn't see Billy Walters, but he played as the Queensland resident's half, yeah. which means he's the best player in the Queensland Cup in the halves. Yeah. You got Drinkwater, who was there. You got Farmer who's a 19-year-old monster like Nelson was a couple of years they ago. They knew this was coming. Eisenhuth. Mm. They've, they've got guys internally that you didn't get to see, but clearly they're confident in them because they didn't go out and recruit. So a couple of these guys will come in and do a job yeah. off the bench or wherever. Other than that, though, you look at the starting 13. Like, that back line is still exceptional. The forward pack, I think Bromwich has been a little bit quiet the last few years, but him... Nelson, Felice, Dale Finucane. There's enough players there for Melbourne to make the eight. There's still a better side than a lot of teams as far as I'm concerned, regardless of Slater and Crock not being in the team. To be well, the they eight. knew this was coming. And Craig Bellini's their coach. They knew so. it was coming. So here we go. Uh, Louis Haykal says, what's going on with Junior Paulo? He's not in the starting lineup. They pay big money. Well, again, mate, just an injury for this week. So uh, hamstring there. I'm sure when he's healthy, he'll be straight back in. And Luke Smith, good to have you boys back. Been missing the footy. What clash are you most looking forward to this year? Bunnies versus Roosters and Bunnies Broncos for me. Being a Panther fan, though, I'm starting to love our rivalry with the Sharks as well. But we just struggle to beat them. Thanks for what you do. We love it. Uh, I can't wait for Titan Storm. We're going down to Melbourne, big boy. I'm happy We're to go going down to Melbourne for a trip. I'm looking forward to round one, us against the Broncos. That's always been you know, a bit of a... Bit of a, a bitterness in that one, and we lost that grand final in 06. I'm always happy when we beat the Broncos, but Seabold is another X kind of chip off the block from the Melbourne system, mm-hmm. much like Bellamy was off the block of the Bennett system back in the day. So there always seems to be this constant tie between these two out-of-state teams as well that have been so successful. So yeah, for I me, look forward to Titans-Broncos. Round one, uh, yeah, Broncos, Storm is Brian. I look forward to it. Always Roosters, Rabbitohs. Those are always cracker games. I've tipped the Broncos to win it, but I'd love nothing more than to see the Titans beat them twice this year. Yep, fair enough. And we move on. We've got some Twitter questions and some funny stuff on here as always. The Sportress Dan says, on uh, Georgie Williams, what's his game like for those of us who don't watch enough Super League and is it all speculation that's likely to impact Whiten's play? Well, he hasn't been playing well. Well, I don't he, think it he impacts well Whiten really anyway because he's going to be in the side somewhere. Ricky Stewart loves him, whether he's playing at fullback. If that doesn't work out for Nickel Klogstad or... Whether you know that has him playing in me, six, he's, he's, they've got to pin him down to a position. 
he, he always can't, he's playing center, he's playing wing, he's playing fullback, he's playing five eight. Like put him in a position and stick with it. And George Williams, George Williams to me, he's got a good running game. I don't think he's the best ball player and. Kicking game isn't too bad. He's short kicking game. But like Brock said before, if you wanted to compare him to someone, they already had the similar play in Blake Austin. Who I, was proven in the NRL. George I, I, Williams is not proven in the NRL. Def- defensively, he may be a little bit better than Blake. But uh, other than that, he's a very similar player. So it, And he's been playing ordinary. We're going to be playing awful this yeah, year. So I know well. it's early doors, but he's certainly not someone I'd be jumping that's, to sign. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Gavin O'Neill is one for both of you. How do you think the Roosters' attack will evolve under the tutelage of Adam O'Brien? So? Yeah, I think it's going to go to another level. They struggled last year. Matt King openly said on Fox Sports News, uh, I think it was a week or two after the grand final, that the Roosters just ran one shape. Yeah. They ran one shape the whole year because they, early in the year they were trying to run a lot of different complex things and it wasn't working. So they threw it all out the window and just ran one shape and they won the comp. Well, if you're going to be that good defensively, you can afford to be lacking a little bit in attack. But as if you would not get better bringing someone who's come from a system where they've adopted every single year, regardless of changes, to now having as ad ta- as talented a spine as what he had at his disposal down at Melbourne. He's going to have Tedesco, Kiri, Kronk, Jake Friend, yeah. great back rows, the two best young centers in the competition. If anything, their 17 has more firepower than what he had at Melbourne. To me, he's... Um... He's doing the seabolt. He's coming out of that system. He's jumping up here. He's going to, you know, good assistant he's been job here. He, for a job. Well, he obviously knows that Bellamy's not going to leave anytime soon. So I'm going to go get a head coaching job elsewhere. Well, I'm looking we at it this way. I think Melbourne would have given a blessing for him to go out and do this job. So he's been under Bellamy and Robinson, and more likely Bellamy's going to retire before Trent Robinson. So I he think definitely. Yeah. I think he, he. And again, you know, he's not going to be underpaid being an assistant at the Roosters, especially of the caliber no. that he is. I think that Adam O'Brien is going out and getting more worldly before he comes back and hopefully assumes that role at Melbourne. So that's what I'd be hoping. We'll see. Uh, thank God league has started. Janice Mateus says the Dragons, he would prefer McInnes at lock and Robson to start at nine and Dufty on the bench. is a waste of time to have Aitken with Lomax starting or on the field. Appreciate your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't move McInnes to lock. No way. I like Robson as well, but if they're going to carry him, just carry him on the bench as an iron instead of Dufty. But I agree. Dufty shouldn't be on the bench. I wouldn't carry I said it last I'd year. I'd have Lomax. I wouldn't have had hit him or man. I'd actually carry an extra forward, but clearly they're not that confident. Uh, so, yeah, we agree with most of your thoughts there. But McInnes just plays nine for me. Yeah. If you want to carry Robson and keep McInnes on to tackle or give 20 minutes to Robson or play one as a lock and play dual nines, I'm happy for that if if they don't trust the middle. But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely not dropping McInnes. Chris Stefan, could one of the Burgess boys stay on the bench after George gets back? Might give them some impact off the bench. Well, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that that's what, how he might want to play things, having to toll there or Luke. Uh, Liam Knight, sorry, who have been waiting to have a breakout year. He's a very talented young man. If he keeps his nose clean and Bennett gets the best out of him, I think they're going to have a decent front row. I don't know the answer to that question. It's definitely an option. Definitely an option. If Liam Knight does what we think he can... One bird eye for another bird eye. Yeah, but if Knight meets his potential and you've got Totola and the two Burgesses, I think you've got a pretty decent tight rotation. Mm. Plus, Cameron Murray playing a lot. Uh, NRL know-it-all. In 2019, do you foresee teams playing to their own strengths with their own styles or one style of play dominate? and be formulaic across the competition. Oh, well, I'd love to see every team play with their own style. That's how it should be. And that's why so many of these teams down the bottom of the the competition struggle because they're trying to play the same style yeah. of play and they don't have the same tools and players at their uh, disposal. So it's it's stupid. They need to be – teams need to be resourceful. They need to use what they've got and find a way to use what you've got in order to break oppositions down. 
Well, I think the Roosters and Melbourne live up to their own systems and do their own thing. I think Cronulla are good in their grinding, uglier style of play and might have a bit more flash now they've got Johnson. A bastard style It's more of like play. also, it's generally the teams up the top end that do know who they are and how they want to play. It's the teams down the bottom that are too busy looking Copycat. up rather than playing the way they should. And mm-hmm. Like, I look at someone like the Raiders. I think the Raiders own who they are. It's just the fact that they haven't been good enough defensively. So if they could tighten that up and play that looser style of football with the offloads and the early shifts and danger... I think their premiership window is gone. That'd be good for it. But, yeah, I, I think it's more a case of that. The top teams know who they are and own their identity, and little brothers down the bottom look up and try to copycat too much. Mm. The last one we've got here, Caspar says, the coach most under pressure, and why is it Paul McGregor? Yeah, I'd say it's Ricky Stewart and Brad Arthur. Brad Arthur could lose his job halfway <laughs> through the season, I reckon, if they don't get the results. And Ricky Stewart, how much longer does he get at Canberra before they make the finals? And I love him, but... You know, I know he's a, a, a favourite son of the club, but when was that final series? When the Sharks played the Storm, 2016. So 17, 18, they're going into 19. I know they've had some turnover, but if they go three seasons without finals and these changes and some of the recruitment choices they've made, surely there's got to be some pressure there. Yeah. But I think Brad Arthur, of all people, is feeling more pressure. I think Dean Pay's got a free roll of the dice because the Bulldogs, regardless of what people think, they dug in for him last year, and he's inherited a crap situation where he's not really in control because of the salary cap. So probably a cheerio to Peter Mulholland too, who's been yeah, diagnosed with um, you know some yeah, some uh, rare form of Hodgkin's lymphoma, yeah, uh, leukemia. So he's he's quite ill. He's lost a lot of weight. Um, yeah. A champion guy. He taught me geography at St Dominic's College in Year Seven, if you could believe that. Before he moved to. The Panthers, uh, he then hopped around, didn't he? He went to the Dragons. He went to a couple of Newcastle. Clubs, yeah. uh, and now he's in Canberra. Bulldogs, lovely he did recruitment for a while. He did. He's a lovely man, Pete. Um, a, a hell of a teacher. A, just a good rugby league fella. And um, yeah, all the best, mate. I hope, I hope your health improves and um, you can kick its ass. Yeah. Well, uh, thoughts and prayers, obviously, like we said, with uh, Peter Mulholland. And hopefully he gets through on the strong side. But. Boxhead, there's the questions. Bit of a chat about those games. I think it's time that we uh, do these tips and a bit of a preview for this round and yeah, then get through our bets as well. And uh, these odds brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. Again, keep your eye out for those links and that sign-up. $700 for their tips package, 100 off the regular price. And if you do not get a return this year off their profit guarantee, you get the 2020 package for free. First game, as we said, to kick off the round is the Storm of the Broncos down there at Amy Park. Jerome Hughes in at fullback. Vunavali Chambers, Scott Adokar, Munster Croft in the halves. It's a decent forward pack again. Bromwich Smith, a Solomona, Kafusi, Kenny Bromwich, Dale Finucan, and the Broncos, absolutely stacked side, full of youth, full of potency in the back line. Asako, Bird, Roberts, Oates, Milford and Nicarima, and then the forward pack, Lodge, Offengawi, Suar, Gillette is back, Stags, Fafita, Flegler, Pungai Jr., Brock, I really, really like this Brisbane side, but Melbourne's record round one, and especially being a home game, I don't think it'll be the prettiest game in the world, but Melbourne always usually start with a win, so I'm going to stick with the Storm for now. Oh, tough one, man. Tough, tough, tough game. Uh, I'll go with the Storm as well. Home side. Lost the grand final last year. I think they want to start strong. And Mr. Gossip. Back on board with the tips as well. He has also gone the storm. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, they are $1.60, 235 for the Broncos. The line, minus three and a half, one to 12. Storm, 285. Broncos, 340. 13 plus the storm, 330. $6 the Broncos. And Brock, for our two bets that we both like for the round, I'm going to have one of them on this game. I like the storm, one to 12 at 285. So that is one of my bets for this round. 
How many are we going to have a week? Two bets a week. Okay. Two bets you really, really like or that you, you And we're just going to keep a book on how we go. I'm going to keep a book for the area of how we oh, go. Hang on, man. Are the you, have you written these down? Oh, oh you've got them. I've got mine too. So go. we'll move on to the second game. Yeah. The Knights versus the Sharks. McDonald Jones Stadium looking for a big start of the year now that they've made some moves. That lineup, Watson, Connor Watson, obviously at fullback. Ponga stays at six with Pierce. A new look back line, Edric Lee, Heimel Hunt, Jesse Ramey, and Sean Kenny Dow. Clemmer in the pack with Levi, James Gavay. Lachlan at Fitzgibbon, great year last year. Joined by Siani Matauti and Tim Glasby at lock. And the bench, Man, Guerra, Barnett, and Fafita, uh, Safiti. Sorry. On the other side, the Sharks. New look back line for them. Moylan at one with Holmes gone now. Dugan and Morris in the centre. Siani Katoa gets a wing spot and Fecky holds out Sherry. And the new halves combination, Johnson Townsend. But that forward pack, Fafita, Pryor, Gallon. Uh, you've got Braley, who's year three now, should be doing better. And a brand-new back row, Britton Acora on debut, former junior Kiwi, and Kurt Catewell. But that bench, Woods, Blake Braley on debut with his brother, Jason Bakuya and Jack Williams, who I've got big wraps on. Uh, this is a very hard game. They got mm. touched up by the Sharks in a trial, basically full strength. I know it's a couple of weeks ago now. Teams usually like to bounce back. They'd like to start strong at home, but the Sharks seem to have been a bit of a bogey side in the past. And I'm not big on these hoodoos and bits and pieces, but for whatever reason... They've really struggled with the Sharks. I think they're going to want to start the year strong, the Knights, but I'm going to go with the Sharks. Yeah, I'm going with the Sharkies as well. Uh, I don't like the structure of their side. I don't like Ponga at six. Uh, I like Connor Watson, but I don't like him at one. I don't know. To me, it's a tough one. I give probably Newcastle the edge because it's up there. And there's going to be a huge Big crowd, start, I reckon, yeah. huge expectations. And, you know, the air would go right out of the tyres if they lost this game. But for me, Cronulla, they're not going to give a shit. They don't care. They don't care. Um, so I think they'll they'll grind away. It'll be a possession game. It'll be errors and penalties. I think Cronulla will make less, and they'll they'll pip the Knights. Yeah, Mr. Gossip, he's on the Knights, and so is Papa Gossip. And again, as we'll yeah, give let's shout give a shout out before. to Papa Gossip. Papa Gossip, uh, he's having a bit of a hard time with some health issues himself. So best wishes go out to Mr. Gossip and his family as well. And uh, he's been hopefully. crook crook for a while, Papa Gossip. Yeah. But um, it's it's got a little bit worse recently, and. He's a massive Knights fan, yeah, huge massive Knights, Knights fan. fan. So. so, look, we both tipped Cronulla, and now I feel like an arsehole. So, um, <laughs> look, I, I hope the, the Knights win. I hope they win by 60 for Papa Gossip. Yep. Thoughts and prayers, like we said there. Best wishes to uh, Gossip, his family. And to Mr. Gossip. And Pops, hopefully. And the whole family. Everyone is all good. But the third game we've got here is the Roosters versus the Bunnies. That clash Oof. always turns up some good stuff. At the Sydney Cricket Ground, Friday night. Tedesco, Tupo, Latrell, Mitchell, Manu, Brett Morris, the Harbs, Luke Keary, Cronk, the Ford Pack, Rhea Hargrove's friend, Tokiaho, Cordner, Orbison, Radley, and the bench is just ridiculous. Liu, Tedavano, Crichton, and Collins. Uh, I do like the Rooster side a lot. I do like the South side as well. Burns getting the start at centre and GI being there, pushing Gagai to the wing. Johnston, first crack at fullback. The Harbs of Walker and Reynolds are great. Tola partnering Tommy Burgess to start off with, with George not there. Sutton and Sammy in the back row with Cameron Murray in the bench. Probably the big difference, I think, for me. Liam Knight, Mark Nichols, Ethan Lowe, and Corey Allen. Uh, I like the Roosters in this one. Me too. I think uh, they want to make a statement to start things off, especially against their rival. And again, that bench is ridiculous. The fact they've got those guys there that they can roll in and out. Flexibility, plenty of minutes, versatility to play between tight and the edges. I think Kiri and Kronk are going to be better off for another year, the whole spine in general. And I think they'll want to start with a big bang as well. You're on the Roosters, I'm on the Roosters. Mr. Gossip on the Roosters and the odds with the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.62, $2.30 for the Bunnies, $1.90 and the line being minus four there. 
1 to 12 Roosters, 285, 350 South. 13 plus Roosters, 315, 625 for South. The Warriors and the Dogs box set over in New Zealand. Bit of a difficult one to tip first up, but as far as the Warriors are concerned, bit of a change there. Isaac Luke missing at nine, and obviously no Sean Johnson. So Adam Kieran plays alongside Blake Green. Nathaniel Roach gets a start at nine there, and Jazz Tavunga probably taking some time off the bench. I don't mind the forward pack. We do know that their back three in particular have really, really strong carries, but you just never know what you're going to get. On the Bulldogs side of things, traveling, Kieran Foran, that back line, the forward pack, I don't mind. The bench, I don't mind either, but honestly, it's it's a very, very difficult game. I know the Dogs finished last year with a flurry. I think now that there's expectation on a few of these players, in particular Lachlan Lewis, now that they're not coming out of a year where it was salary cap pressure and everyone had moved on and they just basically got to play for free and have a free roll of the dice. I think now that the pressure's on and they're traveling, I'm going to back the Warriors, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Dogs beat them. I have no idea what I'm going to get, but I'm basically just going to take the fact that they're going to have to travel over there, that the Warriors will be fired up at home for round one. I'm tipping the Bulldogs. Anyone that's got to start Blake Ashford on their bench, they're struggling. Well, there you go. Very blunt. So I'm going to the agrees with you. He's gone with the Doggies in this one as well. What price are they? And the odds in this one, they are outsiders with the Pro Sports Syndicate. $2.30 are the Bulldogs, $1.62 for the Warriors, minus four the line. One to twelve the Warriors, two eighty five, three fifty for the dogs, thirteen plus for the Warriors, three fifteen, six twenty five for the dogs. I'll make that one of my bets. The actually no I won't. Well, there you go. No you, I won't. Oh, you pull it out of there. Out. You bail. <laughs> Game on Saturday night, the Tigers versus the Eagles at Leichhardt Oval. A couple of changes like we said there and buy out. So Corey Thompson to fullback and obviously missing uh, one of their centers as well that like we spoke about before. Oh sorry, winger David Nofaluma. So a reshuffle there, Momorovsky. Into the centres with Masters. Benji, first half partner for Luke Brooks. Alex Twole starting at prop with Madalino pushing Packer back to the bench. And their big signing, Ryan Madison, joins Luke Garner in the back row with Lawrence out injured and a debutant in Thomas McKayley for Manly. Great forward pack, but a brand new back line. Brendan Elliott replaces Turbo Tom at fullback. Moses Suley, Brad Parker in the centres. Ruben Garrick on the wing. That's a bit of a concern for me, that back line. I like Georgie Tafua, but he's been a bit injury prone. LG. First crack in the halves with DCE, and on the bench they have Hodkinson, Gazuski, Tanganoa, and Sipley. This is a flip of the coin for me, but again, when teams generally play uh, at a certain ground and that atmosphere round one uh, in the Tigers and with that edge there, I like the forward pack a lot better for Manly, and I give them the upper hand in the halves, but I think they might be able to get them on their edges, so I'm going to back the Tigers. Yeah, the Tigers, Leichhardt. I think they'll be fitter, stronger. Um, Leichhardt, Tommy Turbo out. Yeah, so, big Tigers. loss. Odds on that one, Mr. Gossip, he's gone the Eagles, so he's gone the opposite. But with the Pro Sports Syndicate, the Tigers, 170. The Eagles, 215. Two and a half is the line. One to 12 Tigers, 283.35. Manly, 13 plus Tigers, 346 $6 for Manly. Cowboys, Dragons, up in North Queensland. Another hard one to tip. Uh, no surprise here. A stacked forward pack. Scott, McLean, Cooper, Hess, Tamalo, Maguire. Off the bench, but a brand new looking bat line. Jarvid Bowen in for Felt. Kahu at one. Opachak in the centres with O'Neill and Nene McDonald. Michael Morgan, can he emulate that form? And is Martin going to be the partner for the whole year or will Jake Clifford find his way in after a few weeks? Who knows? For the Dragons, obviously the DeBellin issue goes on. Is James Graham going to be able to go hard for another whole year? I thought he looked a little bit underwhelming last year, to be honest. And Corbin Sims still suspended for the first year round, so I think they're short a couple of middles. New outside back combinations. Ravalawa on debut. Big fan. That spine. Now we're up playing at the back. Norman of the halves. Cowboys at home. Uh, I, I find it very hard to go past. Cowboys. Cowboys. 
Cowboys, but I will not be betting on this game. I'm going to have no. one of my bets. I'm going to have Tigers 1-12. to 12. You can pop that down. So you've got yeah, you Tigers. Can, what price were they? 1-12. 1 1 to 12. 280. At 280. Thank you. So that's one of yours for the week. Mr. Gossip, he's gone the opposite. He's on the Dragons. And this one with the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.85 for the Cowboys, $1.95 the Dragons, minus one the line. 1 to 12 for Cowboys, 293.05 for the Dragons, 13 plus 430 for the Cowboys, 475 for the Dragons. Panthers versus the Eels. Battle of the West, Sunday afternoon. The, uh, the back line, Dylan Edwards has won the battle for the fullback spot. Zelezniak on the wing. Mansour, Farre and Blake, the other back line. The great... Origin pairing of Maloney and Cleary, Ford Pack, Tamiya Katoa, Campbell Gillard, Hetherington replacing Kikau, Yo Fisher Harris. They're a bit lighter on the bench uh, for the Parramatta Eels side. Gutherson playing at fullback, Brown and Moses, the new halves pairing, and that rookie Brown and Reed Mahoney. So a very, very young spine. Different looking Ford Pack with Moroa now pushing into the front row. Sean Lane coming over to join near Corey in the back row and the bench of Manor, Kane Evans, Gower. I'm not a huge fan of the bench. I think the young spine, it's a big ask. And just a lot of new players, new combinations. I know Penrith have had a bit of adversity, but if they're the real deal, as far as I'm concerned, at home round one, they'll fire up. So they should be winning Penrith, yeah. I'm, I'm on Panthers. Panthers. So I think we're a clean sweep there. Mr. Gossett, he's also on the pennies, but Parramatta, I'm sure they would have taken some confidence out of that last trial game. Look at the odds for this one, the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.53 for the Panthers, two fifty for Para. Minus five and a half the line. One to 12, Penrith 290, 380 for the Eels. 13 plus for Penrith is 285, 650 for the Eels. And the last game of the round, your mob, the Titans. You're going to like my bet in this game, big boy. Versus the Raiders. I'm not going to be surprised, I don't think. Titans, very strong side. Gordon, Lee, Sammy is the back line with Peachy and Kelly in the centres. Tyron Roberts first crack in the halves with Ash Taylor. And then a star-studded forward pack of Origin and Internationals with Jared Bollis, Shannon Boy, Kevin Proctor, Nathan Peach, Ryan James, and Joy Arrow. And the, Brent, uh, the bench, very talented. Alexander Brimson off that shoulder, Rico, is the utility. Moiaki Fotuaka, keep your eyes on him. Max King and uh, the anomaly that is Bryce Cartwright is in Jersey 17. Looking at the Raiders, still a strong back line with Nick Kotrick, Jared Croker, and Joey Leilua, but different players without White and, and Rapana there. Nickel Clogstad from the Warriors comes over, gets first crack at the one jersey. Bailey Simpson, former All Black Sevens player, on a wing. White and Caesar in the halves. Uh, there's some questions there. The forward pack I do like. I like Papali, Hodgson, Soliola, Tapine, Whitehead, Bateman. Big questions again in the bench. Louis, Corey Herzberg on debut. Ryan Sutton from Wigan on debut and Saliva Harvili. Um, they showed some good signs last year, but... I, I don't know. I think there's too many changes. A couple of debutants in the back line. I think losing uh, Rapana really, really hurts their yardage. Nickel Clogstad, what are we going to get from him? What are we going to get out of Whiten and Caesar? Titans at home. Mal Meninga coming up there making some big statements. Garth Brennan's done plenty of talk in the last 12 months. Yeah. Plenty of money's been Call spent. Call Titans. Ash Taylor, you're on a million dollars. It's time to deliver. So I'm on the Titans. Titans 13 plus. That's my... Wow. Second bet of the week. Wow. <laughs> Come on, the Titans. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll be at Penn Vegas just riding that one home like it's winks. I'm well, telling you. I, I was looking at the Titans 1-12. to 12, What but price you, are you, they? You've gone all in on that one. Oh, I reckon they'll smash the Raiders. Mr. Gossip, he's on the Titans as well. 433. Odds on this one. Uh, $1.85 for the Titans. $1.95 for the Raiders. Minus one is the line. 1-12 to 12 for the Titans. $2.93. <laughs> 305 for the Raiders. <laughs> 13 plus. 433 means there's been money for it. 13 plus for the Titans is 433. Get on. The 
Raiders, 13 plus, <laughs> 475. He's lost the plot over here. Oh, God. He loves it, but... Um, and, and ladies and gentlemen, that wasn't me having the massive bet that's brought in the 433. Last year, this was the round one game where the Raiders jumped out like an 18 point 18 lead. and got rolled and at the end. I was crying for him. Oh, I was crying. For I was only crying because I had a bet on a try win combo at like five dollars, and they burned. Shit, I know you don't. Bad luck. Shit, but that was a whole lot of our year round one. Time to deliver. So there you go. There's our tips. Thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate again. Get onto that promotion and that package there. But Brock, your two best bets for the week: Tigers one to twelve, and the Titans thirteen yeah. plus. That means the Raiders will probably win thirteen plus. I've gone a bit more conservative. I think the Storm at home. Why, you know, I don't expect a breakout performance against the strong Broncos side. We'll get the job done. So I've gone the Storm one to twelve at two eighty five. My second bet is the Sharks. I think they'll spoil the round one occasion there at Newcastle and get the win. But again, only a one to twelve at two dollars ninety. So they're my two to kick things off. I'm sure in the next few weeks it'll get. Are we going to have a multi? No, we're not going to have a multi with it. Oh, you can. Come up with a multi, just... or you, you got to have your multi as one of your bets. We'll say you got to have a multi as one of your bets. That's fine. Just if, two bets. Two bets. Otherwise, it's going to be too much to. But try it's, and... it's more about this. Getting yeah, but it's two... going to be too much to try and follow. Yeah. I, 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 I like a two leg multi, so I might have one of those next week. There you go. That's one of my. You bets. can do a two legger if you want to. You yeah. can go hard on that if you want to. But Thank you. Generally, I, I just don't no, mind just having two, two that you like each week to go for. So we'll s- keep a track of that one. I have no doubt after a couple of weeks, my obsession with try win combos will come back, and I'll start looking at the halves at back rows or running out all that jazz. Probably. The Fiends usually enjoy those ones. They do. Bit of value there for them, but there we go. We've gibbered for long enough. Round one is upon us. Tips, previews, looked at some lineup changes, talked about some debutantes, answered your fan questions, tips, and all your gossip. The only thing left, mate, is to finally kick off the season. Yeah, and what a ripper it, to start off with. We've got a new generation up there at the Brisbane Broncos with Anthony Seabold and that young dynamic forward pack. And we've got the old guard in the Melbourne Storm. Cronk gone, Slater gone, Munster and Smith leading the charge with that forward pack and Craig Bellamy. Round one at Amy Park. What a way to kick off the season. Roosters, Bunnies, that's another cracker game. I think the emerging Knights against the Sharks, the brand new look Titans and Raiders playing one another. There's not many games round one that I'm looking at and I'm going, I won't watch that. Like Even the Dogs and the Warriors game, as much as they're two teams a lot of people don't have a lot of wraps on for this year, I'm just interested to see how Kieran goes over there playing without Sean Johnson, how the dogs go with all these changes. I thought they've done some pretty smart recruitment given the salary cap restrictions. Tigers, what are we going to get under Michael Maguire? Des Hasler back at Manly. There's so many stories linked into every single game. Cannot wait for round one box head. Yeah, love it. Have a great weekend, guys. Watch plenty of footy. Um, and, yeah, hopefully win a bit of cash on our bets. Get out to a game as well. Yeah, definitely love get out it. to a game round one. If you've got one in your neighbourhood, we'll be going to the Pennies game. They've got Han Super Dry on tap there. It'll be sunny. I've got first period off on Monday. Life's I good, I've got brother. To work, but I will have a few beers. There's no doubt about that. You'll but... be over at the club with me. We'll get on Titans 13 plus, oh. and then we'll put it all in Queen of the Nile. <laughs> <laughs> That's getting well loose. But a big oh. thanks again goes to the Pro Sports Syndicate. Make sure you take up that offer or have a look on the page there. Six ninety nine for the year for all their lines, props, and total bets for the total NRL package. If you do not get a return profit for the year, you get the 2020 package completely free. So if you're willing to invest now, if things go pear-shaped, you're going to get a free crack next year. And Penrith Solar Center, it is something you need to look into. They are the leading provider in Western Sydney. Take care of your family. Be the big winners. Help your back pocket. Get on to their website, www.penrithsolar.com.au. Save yourself some money in the future from those bills, mate. Yeah. Because you're getting absolutely smashed. Yeah. But it's over, mate.
podcast for he week was on, one. He was on last night, mate. I haven't watched it yet, mate. Said Kenty, because Kenty was sort of giving it to him, saying that the Sharks cheated, mate. They just cheated. They were shit at cheating. They tried to cheat, but they weren't over the cap. They were still trying to cheat. It's just that they couldn't get anyone um, to jump into these third parties. And Kenny was sort of saying, like, in 2015 you were cheating, 2017 you were cheating, and all of a sudden, like, 2016 they weren't cheating. Yeah. And Buzz, Buzz just... He just was wouldn't he cop it. He wouldn't cop it. Was he sweating? Going, I don't know what we're arguing about, mate. Just, just agree to disagree, Kenty. Uh, well, <laughs> no, no offence to the para fans out there, but the only reason no one bags about you guys cheating is because you somehow won a spoon, even though you were cheating. They won a nines comp, mate. They got stripped they won a nines comp. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, They mate. did. They got stripped of nines. Uh, I hope for the para fans things are better this year. I really do. Mm. But for everyone, done. Round one. In the can. Last thing left for you to do is enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 